You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. So much force. I'm just excited. And I hadn't heard the prophecies about the three Tampa Bay teams. So, you know, uh, yeah, Kim Malone, I, I'm not going to cry about that. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. God is doing so much. Sometimes it's hard for us to assimilate all that's going on around us. And today we're going to talk about uh, kingdom mystery. And uh, there's, oh gosh, when the Lord started talking to me about, you know, preaching on the mystery, I'm thinking, which one? I mean, good grief, that is like a huge subject. That's like faith, you know, it's, it's a huge subject. And I, uh, uh, I read through everything I possibly could in the Word, and uh, we might have it narrowed. But we might not, so we will see. In in my mind, I think I've got it narrowed, but I have a lot of things popping around in my head. So, so Lord, let me just pray for us. God, we just thank you that you unfold things for us so that we can live from those kingdom mysteries. You want us to live out of your truth, out of your wonder, out of your presence, out of the reality of who you are. So thank you, Lord, that as we talk today, even all that's been released today, um, it's part of this unfolding. It's, it's one little piece at a time that just puts together a bigger understanding for us. So thank you, Jesus, for you are the greatest mystery revealed. And we just love you so much. Amen. Amen. So the meaning of the word mystery, and I found this interesting I was, as I was reading through the Greek and all of this. The meaning of the word mystery means um, to initiate into, into mysteries, hence a secret known to only those initiated. Now, when you think about it, we are... As believers, if you're a believer, then you are initiated into that place where you can receive and understand the mysteries that God has for you. And it goes on to say it's something hitting, requiring special revelation. And it's something that people could never know by their own understanding that it must be revealed from God. So. We are the holders of God's mysteries. He reveals those things to us. And he doesn't give them to us all at once because we would probably drown in overwhelm by all the information he would give us. But he gives us these pieces, not only in the big picture, but individually, as even as we think about today, even as prophetic words were shared, even as testimonies were shared, those are all part of breaking open these mysteries that he has for us. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I love it. I was just thinking about when we read that declaration, I didn't know that was what we were doing. But the whole time during worship, I kept seeing Deuteronomy um, uh, 8.18 that says that God gives us the ability to create wealth. So with that declaration that we did today, I, I just want us to grab a hold of that 
uh, provisional revelation right now. Uh, that each of us can see that provisional financial revelation uh, being populated within our household and within our bank accounts and within our businesses in Jesus' name. And um, the other word I I had was uh, just a breakthrough of promotion and opportunity. And I kept seeing two things. I kept seeing uh, someone who was working hard that would receive a promotion before it's time and someone who, uh, and it's not just one person, but that's what I saw. It's just a person that, um, is, um, selling and all that they've sown will be reaped in sales, uh, for their company and for their business. So whoever wants that word can definitely pick that up. Oh, we'll all take it. Yes, right? <laughs> yeah, there is just definitely a release. God, God wants to uh, give us finances uh, so we can finance the kingdom. He wants us to have those things for him. So we're going to talk about kind of a big picture thought of, of mystery and just kind of, it's really just stirring us up and reminding us that remembrance, that memorial of who God is. And then we're going to talk about what does that mean to us and how do we apply that? It's funny when we had our morning prayer at 930, uh, we had three sermons preached, two prophetic words given. <laughs> I mean, it was just so, uh, but it's funny, and the words were all lined up with what we were going to talk about today. Even Matt's word today was lined up with what we we're going to talk about. So uh, God is fun. God is fun. But we know that when God gives a, a revelation, when he opens up a mystery, then it breaks open when we receive it. We have to be able to receive what he has given us. Then it opens up the next level of understanding for us. One revelation breaks open uh, the ability to receive more. If we don't receive the revelation, then the door is stopped for us to receive more. And we're going to talk about that a little bit deeper, but we do have to understand that because we can only go as far as we're willing to receive. And even when Matt talked about uh, the, the, the word that he gave earlier, you know, if we're trying to look back, and he mentioned the word tombstone, if we're looking back into our past and what has already been done and what has already been said, then we can't move forward with where God wants to take us. I mean, that just, you know, that's just the principle of the word. So when we look at kind of the big picture, I want to read first Timothy three, but I'm going to read it out of the the passion translation, because we know that throughout the new covenant, it discusses the mystery revealed and it is Christ. Christ is our mystery revealed. He is. And let me read it. It says for the mystery of righteousness is truly amazing. He was revealed as a human being. And as our great high priest in the spirit, angels gazed upon him as a man. And the glorious message of his kingly ruleship is being preached to the nations. Many have believed in him and he has been taken back to heaven and has ascended into the place of exalted glory in the heavenly realm. So Christ, born of the virgin, 
came as a man, released the kingdom of God for all to see, for those who believe, was crucified, died, and buried, was resurrected, ascended. And through that ascension came the release of his Holy Spirit for all who believe to receive not only the filling of the Holy Spirit, but the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do what he has called us to do. So, so the mystery as Christ was revealed through this season, through those three years, as he was revealed as the completion of what he was called to do, then the next mystery was released, which was the Holy Spirit to live in us, to dwell in us, to empower us to do what he called us to do. And with the Holy Spirit living in us and empowering us, then we're able to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to cleanse the leopards, because freely we have received, we have been given the ability to preach the gospel and to declare all that Christ did Throughout the nations, right? So, you know, think about this. It is a domino effect. As one thing is released, the next, the next. So now we all have the Holy Spirit. We're all endued with power. We're all filled with his presence. So we can do all things because of it. There is nothing that is limited from our reach. Nothing that is limited. And that's just the very beginning. I mean, just think about that. Don't you get excited when you think about that? I've got everything I need to accomplish all that Christ has set forth for me to do. My destiny is assured. My purpose is engaged. Because Christ has done all things for me so I can do all things for him. I don't even know what to say. Okay, we're about done, right? I'm going to get Matt to run while I finish preaching. Maybe we'll get some keyboards in the back. We'll get some really. Okay. So all of that. Then we've got 1 Corinthians 2. I don't know if I gave this to Noah or not. but And I just want to read this because I'm trying to set a foundation so we can talk from a foundation. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 14. Because now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That's what we have. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us from God. These things which also speak not in words which man te- wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about our ability to live out of this mystery revealed and discerning and testing and being able to perceive the spiritual things. Because that's what's important right now. You know, we, we have the fun of people being healed and saved, delivered. We have the fun of God expanding time force, translating here and there, financial provision. I mean, that's just the fun of being a Christian, right? right? Yeah. That's just the fun. You know, we get to have fun and do all these amazing things because God loves to invite us in to a realm that we are born into but we don't physically live in. So we're, I always say we're, bi, we're bilocational. We're in the spiritual realm and we're in the physical realm. And um, honestly, the spiritual realm's a lot more fun. Yeah. 
Uh, but the physical realm is where we're called. So that's what I want to talk about. We're going to go to four, Mark 4. I'm trying not to get too excited because I can feel it welling up inside of me. Whew. Chuck said that there's going to be, uh, what, did, what did he say? He said the burning, burning bush is going to be right in the center here for all to uh, encounter the holiness and the glory of God. So uh, just, just watch the fire burn for us. Thank you, Lord. So Mark 4, 9. I'm going to start with verse 9. We're not going to talk about the parable of the sower, though that is the context previous to it. But what we're going to talk about is um, the ability to hear and to see. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that really is where we are right now. We're in this, you know, um, I don't know if y'all remember the old school where there was actually a radio and you had dials and you had to hit the right frequency to be able to hear what was playing on the radio. Or uh, when I was growing up, we had rabbit ears on our TV that we put foil around and we'd move them around. And as the youngest, I get to hold it because if it, you didn't hold it, it wouldn't stay. So I'd have to watch TV like this. And, you know, we all pay our price, right? Um, but, you know, that's what God, he's calling us to this fine-tuned frequency of heaven. And we have to be able to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Because we can hear all the other noise around us, but we've got to have our frequency tuned so succinctly to the Holy Spirit so we can hear. In uh, verse 10, it says, but when he was alone, those around him, uh, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable, which is the parable of the sower. And he said to them, to you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. So Everyone has that. You have been given the ability to know that. Say, I do. I do. I have it. I I can. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that seeing they may see and not perceive. And hearing, they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. I mean, that's a a power punch in just those few phrases. Because at one point, we, we could see, but we could not perceive God calling us. At some point, we could hear, but we did not turn to God calling us and then we did and then that suddenly and then we began to receive the mysteries of the kingdom Christ in us the hope of glory the Holy Spirit the power and the transformation within us the the freedom from our sins all of those different things the freedom to release healing over people all of those things so at one point we were hard-hearted until God softened our heart, and we turned to him. So we have different types of people that we're dealing with. We have people who are unbelievers that God puts in our path. We have people who are believers that God puts in our path. And we have people who are believers 
that do not discern or hear are unable to perceive and receive what the spirit is speaking to them. So what do we do with all this conglomeration of people that God sends our way? How do we respond to it? And uh, let's go over to verse 21 in that same section for Mark 4. It says, also he said to them, is a lamp brought to be under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. He's repeated this. If anyone has ears to hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, we've heard that section of scripture used in a lot of different ways. But this section of scripture is talking about the mystery revealed to us and what we do with it. If we put it under our basket, if we put it under the bed, then no one can see what God has given to us. Which means if we don't release what God has given, we will not receive more We will not be empowered for more. We will be like a hot box that is just holding God, but we, but we can't let him out. So we're unable to receive more that he has. We have to be stewards of the mystery. We have to be able to take what God has given us and distribute it just like the seed across the world in whatever frame that God wants to give it to us, whatever frame God wants to get it. Um, You know, in this, there are people that we have to deal with. Anybody have to deal with people? No. All the time. time. (laughs) That's right. And, you know, some of, you know, we'd be fine if we'd be in our little prayer room and praying and listening to God, all that kind of stuff. But then we have to go out and encounter people and figure out what does God want us to do? What does he want us to reveal? How does he want us to distribute uh, his goodness, his glory, his word, his gospel? And, you know, the biggest uh, contenders against Jesus and his message were his own people, Right. right? They were the ones who wanted him to come up under what they knew instead of recognizing him. They didn't have the ear to hear, nor did they have the eye to perceive that the promised savior had come into their midst. So those were the hardest ones for Jesus. It wasn't hard for Jesus, but it was the hardest ones to receive the revelation, the mystery that God had for them. Right. And I was thinking about, I've been reading through the gospels and I was looking at Mark um, three, one, and I just want to read this for a minute. It says, and he entered Jesus, the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accurse him. 
And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched out his hand and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. So I felt like this was an example for us. You know, as we go, there are people that are going to come against us, even our own people. But it was interesting because Jesus didn't get into a shouting match with them. He didn't get into a debate. He didn't, uh, he didn't go after them to try to convince them. He just released what truth was and invited them to have the ears to hear and the eyes to perceive. And then they chose whether they could or not. They chose whether they had their heart was softened enough to receive. And as is this said, it was too hard to receive. Now with those people, what do we do? We know that we are not going to debate someone into heaven. We're not going to debate theology and doctrine to try to convince someone else. Because if it was, we would all have one church, not, what is it, 150, 250 denominations. You know? I mean, think about it. When you think about it, we we have a center, a cornerstone, which is Christ, hopefully, and in some churches, even that is up for debate. I'm serious. There are churches who do not believe Jesus is the only way. They don't even believe Jesus is the Savior of the world. Now, how they can be Christ followers, Christians, is, is incongruent. But God will have to work on that. That is not our job. Not my job. But one thing we have to remember is there are people, even within that, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I felt like I wanted to touch on a little bit more. There are people within the family of God that will come against us, but they aren't an assignment from God for us to engage with. But they might be a distraction that will take our time. And we just have to decide, God, what do you want me to give this person? And are they the ones that I'm assigned to, or are they the ones that I bless and move on? You know, as, as believers, the one thing we are seeing is we love these publicized fights, And there's no point to it. All it does is show that the body of Christ is divided. And even Jesus said a house divided cannot stand. So all it shows is that we're divided. So there's really no point. You know, we can have, we can share our arguments. We can show what God has shown us. And there's an invitation to have conversation 
if the hearts are open to converse or there's an invitation to have conflict. And when you have conflict, you have to understand what does God want me to do with this conflict? Most of the battles we're fighting right now, those wars have to be won in heaven. We have to win those battles through our prayers, through our intercession. They are not flesh and blood battles. We know that. You know, Ephesians says that that's not what we battle against. We battle against the principalities, you know, and the dominions and the powers. That's what we're battling against. So if we're battling against the spiritual realm, then that battle has to be in the heavenly realm. And we've got to learn how to battle from heaven. We have to learn whether it's for our family. How many have people that aren't saved in their family? Okay. If I'm battling for my family, I am not going to win that battle in an argument. I'm just not going to win it. And at some point, there may be a time where that discussion is no longer on the table when we get together as a family. Because I'm going to win that battle with Christ in heaven. I'm not going to win it at a dinner table when we're half divided. Half of us believe, half of us don't believe. And half of us have had the other half arguments for, you know, 30, 40, maybe years, you know. So I know where my boundary is. I know that that battle is not going to be won. That battle is going to be won out of displaying love and kindness. That battle is going to be won by overcompensating for their lack of hearing, by loving them, by supporting them, by encouragement. Does that mean we agree with everything they do? No. Does that mean that they know what we don't agree with? Yes. But what it also means is that love overpowers every demonic stronghold that has come against and tried to hold captive our family. So our battle becomes the battle of how can I serve you? And that's our family. That's our family. And then we get outside of our family. And it's another filter we have to go through. You know, God, what do you want me to be to them? Am I going to be someone that you will open up the door that I can speak truth into their life, that I can encourage them, that I can pray for them, that I can help them see the purposes of God that he has for them to seek out the the purpose and, and destiny that we can see as believers because that mystery has been revealed to us. We should be able to talk to people and see what God has called them to to help them engage. That's why we did the treasure hunts for so many years. We quit doing them after when COVID started, but we would go out and we would pray for people and we would prophesy their destiny into them. We would bring healing to them. You know, God would say, go find the man in the black shirt sitting on the park bench. Okay. If If he's showing us that, then someone's there. But it's there because God has him prepared to receive and to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to him. What the Spirit of the Lord is saying to him. We could be the ones that are the activators of their destiny that they didn't even know. 
Uh, I'm going to tell this story on Miguel for a minute. Uh, when Miguel and Rita first came to our church, um, I think it was a Sunday morning, he, he, we were just talking about it the other day, and that's what reminded me of it. And he said, you know, Pastor Cindy, you prophesied over me that I'm a worship leader. I didn't know them. Uh, but what that did was that activated the destiny that God had in Miguel and Rita. And they began to go after worship and learn how to play the guitar and learn how. Well, Miguel's dad is a worship leader. And he gave him a guitar and Rita's dad gave her a guitar. And it activated what was already in them. And they just needed the spirit of the Lord to light the fire of that destiny and that purpose in the season. You know, that's what we carry. That's what we carry. And in this season of discerning who God is sending us to and whether they are hearing and perceiving or not is part of this whole process. And I was, th- I was thinking about our nation. You know, our nation, this battle that we're in right now is going to be one in heaven. Because our intercession, our declaration, not our curses, when we curse our own land, it doesn't matter. If we start cursing our own land, if we start cursing the people that are in positions that we don't like, we don't like what they're doing, we don't like what they're saying, if we begin to come against them instead of fighting this war in heaven and, and, and declaring and, and hearing the word of God and calling out destiny and, and rebuking the enemy's power that he's taken over this. That's how we win this war. That's how we win the war. We cannot win a war in a verbal intellectual battle. We just can't. These wars are won by the spirit of the living God. Partnering with our spirit to get breakthrough in the areas that we need. It really is. It really is. We've got to get a hold of this. We've got to get our ears hearing what the spirit is saying to his people. And then we release that. And that's how we win. You know, um, I don't know that I'm going to tell that. Let me think. Let me think about this for a minute. Go to Galatians 5, please. We have such power within us. And we have more power than we even realize through our spoken word, through our intercessions, through our fellowship. We have power to change. And I, um, if you know, if you look, I keep on saying, if we look at the natural we'll miss what God is doing in the spiritual. We'll miss what God is doing in the spiritual. And and we have the power to take dominion over what is happening right now. And we just have to believe and trust that what we're doing is changing the atmosphere. It is changing the outcome. We've got to believe that. Okay, I'm going to Galatians 5.16. And it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh against the spirit and the spirit against 
the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. We have got to quit battling in the flesh. We've got to quit battling in the flesh because our flesh will get us nowhere. It will tire us out. It, it will discourage us. Our mind will begin to begin to uh, agree with the enemy that there's no hope, that we can't get there, that this is impossible, that, that you know, God's going to have to do something. Well, God does have to do something, but he does it through his people. He does it through his people. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentionness, jealousy, outbirth of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresy, envy, murders, drunkenness. Uh, uh, what is that? Uh, revelries. Yeah. And, and like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the past time, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not inherit the revelation that God wants to give. They will not inherit the mysteries revealed. They will not inherit the ability to change the outcome because of Christ in them. They will not inherit that. They will, they will be ineffective in this land. Yeah. They will be ineffective in this life. Like I said, we've got to win these battles in the heavenly realm. And it's not that we go into a second heaven realm, and I'm not going to preach on that right now, but we, we don't go in against the enemy. We go in behind Christ. Yeah. We follow him in the ways of war. And the ways of war is calling down every stronghold that sets itself up against God. Yeah. You know, it is, it is declaring the righteousness of Christ over our nation. Yeah. It is declaring and, and agreeing with the Lord that he is going to take care of these things, uh, such as abortion, such as uh, gender issues, that he's going to take care of these things because we're in agreement with what his plan is. You know, yeah. we're trying to legislate a moral issue. We're trying to pass laws that dictate morality. We want people to follow God that don't know God. And people are passing laws that don't know God that are totally against what we believe as, as followers and disciples of Christ. So what do we do? We break that stronghold. You know, I was just listening to, uh, I was looking back at, there's a senator that was newly elected that is a uh, pastor that uh, believes that abortion is, is biblically signed off on. Now, when we think about that, what we're saying is there's somebody in the family of God that has gotten off kilter, that has gotten misdirected. And whatever reason, I don't know them, so I don't know their heart. I don't know their purposes. But our call is we're calling that brother back. We're calling them back into the truth and the revelation of who God is. He did not get where he was not knowing who God is, if you, you know, if you look a little bit at his history. So somehow 
He's gotten off. So do we curse our brother? No. We win him back to the truth through our intercession and our declaration over him. If I got off kilter, I would hope that my people would pray for me to get me back on kilter and would help me realign and readjust to what God has called me to be. You know, that is, that is the power of the body. Now, he's not assigned to us. He's not a part of our, our gathering family. He's not a part of our web church. So we, he's passed my boundary of correction, direction, and oversight, but he's not past my spiritual boundary of intercession and declaration and calling him and saying, God, protect him because he's, his eyes have been blinded to a certain thing that goes against your word, and he is representing you out there. It's no wonder that the world looks at us and says, they are confused. Because they can't even agree on the, you know, the 10 basics, the commandments. Don't kill. <laughs> or one major commandment, love each other as you love yourself. Love God with all your heart and love each other as you love yourself. So think about it. It's no wonder that the world is like, I'm not sure I want that. Because there is inconsistency in the very core of love. And the very core of how they treat each other. So our battle is in the heavenly realm to call back. To bring back, to declare, to agree with God for what they have for the issues that face us right now. It's a heavenly battle. It's a heavenly battle. We cannot legislate morality. And though it grieves our heart what is happening, we know that God has empowered us with all that we need in order to have victory in this season. This is not a loser season. In fact, in Christ, it's never a loser season. <laughs> That's the good news. It may be a hard season, but we are always victorious in Christ. We are always victorious in Christ. Verse 22, and we're going to end on this. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Jesus, we ask for greater revelation of that yeah. in your body. Amen. We really do. We ask for a breaking open of each one of these fruits for us, that we will have a greaterness to be able to not only contain, but to release out that. Because it says, against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envying one another, and it says in chapter six, it says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you, you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself least, uh, uh, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burdens yeah. and so fulfill the law of Christ. So father, we just thank you that, that 
We want a greater revelation. We want each one of these things within us unfolded. God, we are in battle in, in the heavenly realm. And our flesh wants to lash out. Our mind wants to show how smart we are, how much intellect we have, how much knowledge we have. But God, we're asking you that our spirit be the one that launches all assaults against the enemy's attack. We ask that you, our spirit be the one that bears, that teaches us how to bear with one another. Uh, God, we're asking you that when we have seen uh, a fellow uh, saint struggle and fall and, and wrestle, God, we ask that you show us how to nurture and love them and call them back in. And God, I, I really believe not all of this is done in a person-to-person -person way. We, we battle the road in the heavenly realm in order to bring the victory on this earth. And, and so, Lord, I'm asking you to um, expand us. Expand our capacity. Lord, make us fatter in a sense in order to uh, receive and be filled with all that you have for us. Lord, I'm asking you that you give us a, a sword that not only cuts through the, um, the fog, the, uh, all the uh, mixed messages we get, but, but it also releases the truth of your heart and your love for this nation, for our family, for, for our brothers and sisters, for the people we work with. God, we're asking to be more. We want to be more for you. And you have given us so much. You have unfolded so much in us. We have so much so much ability to discern and, and, and perceive and conceive what you have. But God, I'm asking for expansion of that a real expansion of that. We want people to be glad that they've encountered us, not afraid when they see us. We don't want, we want people not to hide our post on Facebook for 30 days because they can't take the ranting and the raving that, that we release. Seriously, I do it all the time. God, we're asking that our, our gentleness will be evident. And, it, and gentleness is not a weakness. It's actually a strength in you, God, that, that gentleness carries wisdom. Gentleness knows when to press in and when to lean back. Gentleness knows what is supposed to come out of our mouth. Gentleness knows because you, Holy Spirit, are gentle. And God, so we're just asking you for more. We want more of a capacity to not only receive your revelation, but also be a distributor. Uh, like the sower of the seeds, we want to distribute. And in that one part in Mark, it says, Lord, that um, it's like a farmer that sows the seeds and sleeps. And it grows while he's asleep. That's what we want, Lord. We, we want to be a distributor that as we sleep, as we go to the next thing, it grows what we've released. And we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. God, we are, we are world changers for you. So align us up with that vision in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.